0: We're just laughing about how, when this started, the podcast started, Lucy was like, "I want to help people," and I was like, "Fuck people!" She's like, it's, I just so want, boring. it's so boring. So boring. Stop talking about lemon water and meditating and self help. You and yeah. all remember that, right? Episode one, two, was it? I don't know what it was, but yeah, anyway, well, anyway, now we'll look where we are. <laughs> now it's just like, come like a self help podcast, and I'm just like gently weeping into the microphone. People, you know
1: what? People just wanted to hear inside stories about growing up, with women, women famous- with famous. <laughs> musicians and their family. That's all they wanted. Okay, so here we are. <laughs> wow, what a week it's been. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll just start with the trips. We both went away on trips.
0: You went away with your boo for yeah. a birthday.
1: Yeah, we went on a birthday um, extravaganza to Catalina Island. And you went on a Valentine extravaganza. Yep. Yeah, I went coast. on a road
0: trip with my sisters, with Talia, Sarah, and I. Packed ourselves into the car and off we went with our cooler of drinks and snacks. Wasn't even a mile from the house before I'd opened the first bag of crisps. I thought you were say
1: the first pack of
0: <laughs> six pack of beer. No, we saved Just that in the back. Drinking but by Talia had everything. If I said, "Does anyone have name <laughs> something?" <laughs> she had everything. It was. Amazing. She's like the best person to travel with for that reason. So she came on the trip with, with us and brought all of her things. <laughs> She's so sweet. Um, and we laugh, my god, did we laugh? First we went to Carmel. I loved Carmel. Oh god, it was like all grey and rainy and moody. Oh like, yeah. I just and the waves there are so tumultuous. Mm, the sea there the is smells. just different. And the sand is white and the water is a different type of blue than it is down here. And it's just choppy Mm -hmm. and I felt like Jane Eyre. We stayed in this very funny, like grandma's living room type inn. It was so cute. It had a fireplace in the room and like a little kitchenette and it was just so cute. And we loved that. It was very much off speed and we were a block from the beach. Um, God, I just love it there. The trees are all twisty and moss is just like coating everything. Oh, and it's just rainy and mm, moody. I just felt like I was in a place that looked like I felt. I loved it. Um, and we went out for dinner on Valentine's Day and we had a riot! We were laughing so much that the restaurant had to change the music from classical music to pop music, and they turned it up because to cover we you up. Were screaming, <laughs> laughing, and I haven't laughed that much since the boys went. Yeah, and it was—it felt like something in me that had like frozen over thought, and I was so relieved to be, it makes me emotional even thinking about it, I was so relieved to be in just like rapturous laughter like that, consumed by it, sides hurting, and just to look at like the face of my sister just like howling with laughter as well, just all of us just tears, and I just thought, I... have
1: still got it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's still there. Yeah, exactly. It's still in me.
0: Yeah. And, you know, when you go through something like what I've been through, you do, as mad as it sounds, think, I'm never going to laugh like that again. I'm never going to smile like that again. I'm never going to love like that again. You know, I'm never going to make music like that again. All of those things, you just think they'll never be possible. I'll never enjoy food again. But on that trip, I I was so happy to be alive. That was like a revelation for me because I haven't wanted to be alive, really. I've reluctantly been
1: alive. Yeah. Honestly. You you said recently that when the boys died, you died. I did. And the new girl that you've been living with since who emerged. Yeah. Who knows if she's able to laugh.
0: Yeah. Because
1: I, I don't it's know It's like her. trying everything. Yeah. It's like the first time for yeah, everything. Oh, we've just met. You're getting to know her, exactly. Yeah. So that must have been really powerful for it you was. to have that experience with your sisters. And
0: we laughed like that every day and every oh, night. Just... I love that. When we reached San Francisco, we were staying in a different kind of hotel. And it was a bit more like fancy, modern kind of rooftop bar hotel. And when we were at dinner, a couple by us became engaged Oh, I know. Was it on Valentine's Day? It was the day after. And I felt, I looked at that girl and she made eye contact with me. And I felt so happy for her. And I felt joy. And just, I could have kissed her. That was another thing that was a relief for me on the trip was like, one of the things that I've been thinking and feeling since everything is, I've been concerned that is this going to make me a cold and unfeeling person? Mm-hmm. Am I going to become bitter? And to feel the way I felt when I looked at that young girl, she was so happy and I was just bathing in her joy. Aww. And I was so relieved to feel that when I saw her become engaged. Because I could've, that could have really upset me. That's
1: such a beautiful thing for you to say. Bathing in someone else's joy. Yeah, how beautiful! I, I think that's so amazing. How- and
0: I won't forget it. I won't forget her eyes meeting my eyes and the way she looked at me. It was how really... often do
1: we bathe in other people's joy? When's the last time we listener bathed in another person's joy?
0: I mean, it, it harks back to our last episode where we were talking about other people's success yes and i noticed when you were you telling bitch. the story <laughs> You're such a bitch no this is important because and commercial break no and you were talking about how you were feeling when that man was talking to you about well what have you done blah 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 whatever, right. making you feel like shit mm-hmm And after we stopped recording, I said, where did you go when you were telling me that story? I said, I didn't know whether to stop you or not. I can always tell when
1: I go away. So
0: halfway through that story, I don't know if anyone noticed, but I did. You left the building and you were telling the story, but you had gone elsewhere. Mm. And I asked you afterwards where you went and you said, it was hard for me to tell that story. And I totally get that if anyone's going to fall on their ass in public, it's going to be me. And I just accept that about myself. And I have done since I was a kid, you're much more strict on yourself than I am. Your expectations of yourself are really high. You're classically trained, you're very serious about yourself and what you do. So I really appreciate when you have those moments where you're like, okay, flop the cradle, ha, 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 very funny. You know, because I know it's actually really hard for you to do that. You don't like doing it. That's why you are brought into my life. <laughs> and I force you to just be like, yeah, that thing that we did was shit. It was crap. <laughs> you know, and we you and I had a conversation off air after that where, I, where we talked about how it was really interesting for us both watching people around us become... Blindingly successful. Yeah. So for me, it's going to be Mumford and Sons. These are people I was playing gigs with. Mm-hmm. Mumford and Sons, mm-hmm. Laura Marling, Twenty One Pilots, Dua Leaper. These are the people I toured with, right, and played shows with. Do I? Is there a pang of embarrassment that I was opening for those people? Like, for instance, Dua Lipa is a big one for me because I got. I was just starting my major label thing when I did that gig with her and we were on the same bill Mm. and a year later you know she's on Instagram buying million pound home in London she's the biggest artist in the world and I am nobody well well exactly depending on how you're looking at it I have a choice in that moment do I want to be embarrassed and jealous And begrudging of somebody else's joy and success. No, not who I am. I can't. That would be for me like holding a hot coal in my hand. And I believe I am one of those people who believes everything happens for a reason. (laughs) Like I really (laughs) think that there is a path for things and things reveal themselves at certain times and for certain reasons. And this brings me onto my next thing. I have to be honest with myself and I am beginning to finally now. I never wanted to be famous. I never wanted it, ever. Because I I saw it real close
1: and I took a look at it and I said, That's not for me. Wow, this is fascinating because I'm the exact opposite. And it's interesting that we, yes, we were in the same position with a father who was very famous. And we saw it completely different. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you my side in a minute, but go on.
0: I just saw it as a living nightmare. It's something that took my dad away from me and took my family away from me and I was on the tour bus and I saw men sleeping with people who weren't their wives. All of these moving pieces to create this empire, to move this thing along, to make money, to be famous, to be miserable. Why? Why why, why are you doing this? Why do I want this? And for me it was I wanted to make music and make art and be left alone. And I wanted to be able to do that and make money and earn the respect and the time of people who I admired. It had nothing to do with fame for me, nothing. But I knew that in order to get that, I needed to lay myself on the slaughterhouse (laughs) floor, you know, and... And give myself over in an attempt to get that other thing I wanted. Because I didn't think that I could get it unless I did like the fame thing first. Because how do you get the people you respect to see you if you if you're not known? For me, it was a means to an end. And the end was always me being left alone mm-hmm. to
1: make music in peace. Mm. When I was young and I experienced... Uh, My father's fame. I equated fame with earning his love. Yeah. So I thought, okay, he goes away from me and he goes into that secret club. Yeah. Of if I can just get in that club, I will be enough for dad. And so I just chased fame and I spent Mm. a lot of years just Posing on red carpets and hanging out with celebrities. and Hoping that your dad would see you. Absolutely. It's funny because that was something I did to try to achieve love. Underneath that, Mm. I've always been an artist. I have been a performer and an artist my entire life. Yeah. So that was always there. But I got lost for a long time. Going after mm. this secret club so that I yeah. could finally get in, into it. I was seeking approval mm. in all the wrong places. And I've come full circle recently in my life because I have really let go of that. I've really let go, finally, of chasing fame. I haven't trusted that I'm enough yeah. to grab my success with both hands. And mm. I don't mean fame, I mean success.
0: Yes, very different.
1: Um, so I think I have instead been okay with just being close to m- yeah. massive
0: success. Wow, interesting. that's how
1: I grew up. But that was always, you know, dad's Thing. Yeah, Like Dad's the successful one in the family. And I think that ha- I've heard of that happening with families, how whoever is the most successful, like say a parent is super successful, a child won't want to surpass that because they won't want to challenge the parent. Whoa, interesting. And I think that has been a subconscious thing for me. Oh, I'm sure. as As an artist. But I am so happy with where I'm at now and yeah. I truly know that everything happens for a reason and I recently reassessed very deeply what what my purpose in this life is mm-hmm. and why I do what I do mm-hmm. which is acting acting is my purpose for being here I adore music I will mm. always do music music is a part of me mm. My first love is acting.
0: Oh, that's so beautiful that you've come to that and place. And
1: I don't care where it takes me. It's none of our business where our art takes us. None of our business. Our only business is to create and keep moving. And it's
0: no one else's business either. <laughs> <laughs>
1: she took a couple Tylenol PM, so... Feeling crazy. They're kicking in. <laughs> and and a lot of this changed for me when I reclaimed my energy back from my father. I decided to stop believing that I ever need to convince anyone to love me ever. Yes. You never ever need to convince somebody to love you. The right people will be in your life and adore you and value you if you value yourself. Yes. So the more I have, you know, stepped into valuing myself I am busier now than I ever have been in the past with my acting with my music with my writing I have more projects on the table than I can keep up with and I'm in heaven yeah. And I don't care where they go and I don't care what's to become of them but I'm doing what I was put here to do in yes. this lifetime
0: okay. and that
1: is success and it's such an incredible isn't
0: it the best feeling to live in that
1: place oh it's the best feeling because you're free you stamp your own passport as they say and that—that that is success. That's the highest level of a successful life that I can imagine. That
0: felt like the nicest bedtime story I've ever had. I'm and just gonna the, listen. So I'm just gonna keep talking. And animals, <laughs> literally. But I'm listen. just lying here with my eyes closed, smiling, saying yes.
1: <laughs> to, to, to follow up on what you said about you know my comments about um, my friend's success last week on the podcast, I've done a lot of work in that area too. Yeah. Some some of my close friends are incredibly famous. And it's something I've struggled with in the past. And what I started to do when I would feel that coming up yeah. And I'd see somebody, you know. Your ego. My ego would come Getting up and peaked. go, oh God. Oh, ow. You know, ow. It hurts. Well, it feels like you got hit yourself. with an arrow. Yeah. You're right? Comparing you're comparing yourself. yourself. What I started to do and what has really transformed that for me is I every time I feel it, I stop and and I and I notice it and then I go deeper into it. Yeah, so, for instance, I lean, I lean into it. So, for instance, there is an actress who I really have admired, and mm. I, you know, have followed her on Instagram, and I just have thought that she has the perfect life. Mm. She's got a gorgeous farm in England. She's a working actress, you know. And it got to a point where I wasn't admiring her anymore, but I was really jealous. That jealousy causes us to be really small. It causes our life to be very small. And, and it you're focusing us, on the wrong thing. It, it's a complete wrong thing. It's, it's nonsense. Stupid. And you get very stuck and you get paralyzed in your own life and your own talent is worthless and you are miserable. So f- with her, I said no. I don't allow jealousy in my system. Mm, you. That's a boundary that I have created for myself now that's not allowed. It's not okay. We do not do that. And I went and I watched her new film. Mm-hmm. And then I sent her a message and said, Congratulations, you did mm-hmm. a wonderful job. And she wrote me back. <gasps> she wrote you back. Yeah. <gasps> Thrilling. Um and then I felt so good and I felt so good about myself and about my stuff that I have going on and it, it dissolved for me. Good. And I do that every time now. If I hear, you know, a new artist come out and she's got a great song and it I get that pang yeah. of jealousy or whatever, I stop myself and I go, Nope, we don't allow that. And I listen to her whole album. Mm. And then I'll write her a message and tell her, you know, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. Album, you're beautiful yeah. And I loved your work. And, and I hope we work together. I should
0: sometime. do that more. I never, when I think someone's good, I never reach out to them because I just think, oh, they're not going to read my message. They're just going to think, it really gonna helps. It.
1: it really, really helps. And every time I do that, the most important thing that it does is it makes me happy and it dissolves the pain of the ego and it frees me up and 10 more doors open for me that's so good because my own gifts are flowing freely
0: yeah
1: well, you're so living, that i can
0: you're living with love and in love you instead have
1: to of because being a spicy messy. there's no time for that that is such a waste of time and we don't have time there are so many things i want to create and i need all my energy yeah, to do, do that do you want to know something about me? Not really. Um, I'm going to tell you anyway.
0: I don't follow any famous people on Instagram. Well, I follow you. Clearly, I follow... I follow, obviously, the most famous person, which is you. <laughs> 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 no. Anyway, I stopped following... I used to follow all my favorite pop stars. Okay. Dewa, Charlie, um, you know, Christine and the Queen. Like, every babe you can imagine on earth every (laughs) bella heady just the kardashians everyone i followed all of them oh
1: dear god i've never followed any of those people those people aren't famous to me though See, okay but to me they're like the most see that's why i'm saying what is fame to you because everybody's different i don't know like i don't i couldn't even call a kardashian out of a lineup
0: okay someone's sexy and rich has like a nice plastic surgery and like a sexy life like and it's fabulous and how does that make you feel (laughs) It made me feel like shit, because exactly. every day I was just like, her lips are nicer than mine, her boobies are nicer than mine, look how nice her car is, oh my god, her farm in the countryside's perfect. It's a disease. Uh, uh, everything's perfect about her, her skin. And then, this was before I realized, by the way, maybe call me stupid, whatever, but I realized that literally every image we see is is edited. Of course it is. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. I thought that people looked like that. So that was a recent thing for me. And then as soon as I learned that it made me feel better, but also I felt relieved. I deleted them and I deleted everything like that from my life. And then I was able to get back in touch with actually what I want in my life,
1: Mm -hmm. which isn't that... Exactly. Uh, like, That's the insane part. It's if you if, know you, what? if I, you if you stop to think about it, you don't even want any of those things. I don't. But need it makes you feel like, like you need them. You're, and you're failing.
0: Well, also, if you're just gonna die if you don't have all of these things that were just being sold every day it really is
1: poison and it's a disease and i think that social media is 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 a necessary evil and i use it with boundaries you're you're good at it you use it at what it's for i use it to watch like goat videos and i (laughs) i use it to connect with people that inspire me all right, you perfect bitch. I'm serious. I do. You know the best thing. I have such a great one. I have some I have a couple really great ones, but the most recent that was so exciting for me when Will and I were in Scotland, he took me to this castle. Now we were mispronouncing it, but let me get it right. It's called uh I can't. Care, care, car- Carlovrock? Car Shit. Carvolorock? I don't know. Okay, wait. It's this castle near Dumfries in Scotland and he took me there and incredible place and then for Valentine's Day just a couple days ago he got me this book and cute. It's, it's did you just say cute?
0: yeah and I want to and I'm embracing me saying cute and you're not going to stop did me did you
1: all just hear her <laughs> say cute?
0: because that is cute he got you a book from the car you cell. don't even know what I'm going to say about it it could be a terrible story well, so far it's cute
1: (laughs) (laughs) he found this book it's a novel written by a woman named Barbara about that castle and that castle is so obscure it's so random that there's a novel so it was cute (laughs) (laughs) so he goes you're gonna fucking Instagram her aren't you I'm like hell yes I am so I, I find her I write her a letter And she wrote me back. Oh, you're so good at this. I need to just really get better at this. And she lives... Because maybe I can make some new friends. She lives in Inverness, and we have plans to go for coffee when I go to Inverness next. Can I (laughs) come? Yes. Yes, you can. That's why I love Instagram, and that's what I use it for. And I think that it does need to be treated with a level of caution. It really does. And to anyone listening to this, I know that we have a fair amount
0: of young people as well as many other different types of people, but stop following things that make you feel bad. If you're bad about If yourself. there's a page that you're following that makes you feel like I'm fat, my lips aren't big enough, my teeth look weird, why isn't my hair thick enough, I'm not rich enough, blah, 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 blah. Unfollow them right now. Pause the podcast. Pause and go it. And
1: unfollow them. Seriously, we are not continuing until you do this. It's very important. We're done following people who make us feel like trash. And it's not their fault. They're not doing anything wrong. It's just... (laughs) It's just... You're always the nice one. Don't do that to yourself. Because you don't have time to waste. We have so many gifts to use in our life. And we have this one lifetime as this person that we are
0: okay don't run with it don't get all jay shetty on me now can i tell you
1: this is a really sad story (laughs) is this the one you were gonna say yeah okay i just need to get it out of my body all right moving on from that because that was not even what we wanted to talk about about we always do this we haven't gotten to one thing we've ever wanted to talk about
0: (laughs) okay okay so i had the most strangest experience a couple of weeks ago i don't think most strangest (laughs) is proper english but okay
1: it's redundant.
0: <laughs> I had a really surreal and painful experience where... So Ryan and I got married on a boat at, in Santa Barbara. It was a little rowboat, right? Which totally. you two in the trees.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. It was a little rowboat.
1: Um, Didn't you get stuck out at sea for a couple of days? No, that would have been quite nice, actually. Okay, sorry. You're trying to tell a sad story and I'm making no. it cute. so
0: like we when so my okay how what's the word for the like runway that you walk down as a bride <laughs> the aisle <Yeah. laughs> typical me I'm like what's the runway of marriage <laughs>
1: What's y- that, like, y- stage thing that you walk down? Right. It's called an aisle. <laughs> okay. And usually an altar. Okay. So the aisle was the dock. Was the blank.
0: No. what The aisle okay. was the dock. Right. Okay. I'm sorry. So I walked down the, the dock. Blank. <laughs> no, we did step on a plank to get onto the boat, which was the altar. Okay. So the boat was the... So down at the Santa Barbara Harbor is where I got married. Right. Was my isle. And we walked down and I met him at the boat. And we got on the boat together. And then we went out to sea and we got married at sea. And. We spent a lot of time in Santa Barbara as a couple. Before we married. And we got married at the. On the boat. Spent a lot of time at the harbour. Like we had our wedding party at the yacht club. I say party. It was like ten people. Um, And.
1: I wasn't invited. So,
0: I didn't know you really then. (laughs) Um, But, so it's a very special place in our relationship. And it's taken me quite a while to get myself down there. First I took a walk where I looked at it from a distance and I kind of just got myself closer and closer. And now I'm okay when I'm there. But part of that was going to have to be me walking down into where the boats are getting on a boat, you know, whatever. Yeah. So we were invited to happy hour at a friend's boat. It wasn't the boat that I got married on, but it was a different boat. And we went down there and I felt I'd had a good day that day and I felt ready to, to do that. And it was people that I really love and care about and who I've known for a long time. And I thought, this is a safe environment. If I freak attack out, it's going to be fine. They know everything's good. So we went down there and there was way more people there than I thought was going to be there. So I was like, okay, okay. So we're on the boat, we're having happy hour and this is the first kind of outside of our world socialization that I've had. And so that was hard in itself, but I really wanted to do it and There was this couple there who were young. They were like my age and Ryan's age. So she was my age and and he was Ryan's age and she was English. And he was English as well. And they'd just come over and they'd moved to Santa Barbara and they just got married. And they were sort of like the toast of the town, you know, and her rings looked just like my rings and she looked like me, and he kind of reminded me of Ryan, and it was really surreal, and here we were on this boat, and it was like they were us, and we didn't exist anymore, and I was watching all the men drinking and getting wild and doing shots and, and yelling and shouting, you know, and just being men. And, and it, I couldn't get my head around Ryan wasn't there because he was, he's meant to be there. And it felt like he was missing from a picture. And I think it was jarring because they were our age, she was English similar vibe, they were the new young couple in the group, Ryan and I had done, and a new couple's come in, and and that is not what it is, it's just in my moment I was having, I felt like that's what I was seeing, because I felt like an outsider, because I'd lost my place in some way, and... It was just really weird. Mm -hmm. It was really strange. And and it made me feel, yeah, just like an outsider or something. I don't know. It was really weird. And we were sitting there, and the women were in one group, and the men were in another group. and, And I was talking to this lovely young woman, and she was just delightful. And they were sweet and just great couple and and this other woman was sitting next to us and obviously you're having a conversation and people ask you questions. And I didn't know how to do it. <laughs> I didn't know how. What were they asking you? Really normal questions. What
1: do you do? Mm. Was it like you were afraid for them to get too close to those questions so you were already yeah, guarded? I was afraid
0: because I don't know how to answer the questions. Yeah. Where do you live? I don't know. Right. I don't know if I live here. I don't know if I live in Santa Barbara. I don't know if I'm moving back to England. Like England? <laughs> what do you do? Yeah. Well... Were you wearing your ring? I I was wearing, not my engagement ring, but I was wearing my wedding ring. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I couldn't answer any of the questions and and I didn't want to say what had just happened because everyone looked happy mm-hmm. and I didn't know how to explain myself basically, basically. and I didn't want to frighten the girl. She just got married and I didn't want to frighten her or make her think about that something like that could happen to her. And I know that's not for me to control and it's not for me to feel that way. But in the moment, that's how I felt. I didn't want to be a dark cloud in a happy moment. And so I was almost speaking like Ryan had never existed. Mm. And it was so painful. It felt like I was speaking the words of like a curse out loud. It felt rotten and dark. I felt like darkness personified because I didn't want to make these people unhappy. But in order to not make them unhappy, I had to do something really painful which was to navigate the conversation as though I was not in the experience that yeah, I was having. You had, to,
1: you had to cover up.
0: I had to cover up and and it felt like the greatest betrayal yeah. of, of Ryan and of myself as well. Yeah. And I came away from it feeling really um Like I just had my head held under the water and I got home and I just, I can never do that again. And I need to find a way to be in those situations that never makes me feel like that again, where I'm never putting myself second to everyone else to the point where I'm damaged by it because it was, it damaged me, not Mm. in a long-term way but enough that I will never forget that feeling and the f- betrayal that I felt that I was committing because I just wanted to scream his name mm-hmm. and, and to tell them the truth. Yeah. But I didn't know how. I didn't know how to work into the conversation. And that's a challenge which I am now at the stage of facing because I am beginning to step out into the world a bit more
1: and I think that I just have to tell people. You do. You have to honor yourself, and you have to honor Ryan. And and what you did in that moment was you were faced with choosing to either forsake you and forsake Ryan, yeah. or forsake those people's happy mood. Yeah. And again, like you said, it's not you. It's not up to you to control that. Yeah. They might have appreciated hearing it. You don't know. Yeah. But. It makes a lot. Of, it makes total sense, Annabelle. That makes so much sense, and I completely understand how you felt. And um, it's perfect for me to hear that clear example. I just finished. Go ahead, and make fun of me, Glennon Doyle's book, Untamed. Amazing book. If everybody hasn't read it, you must. And I listened to the audio book. And she talks about that in her book about if it's a choice between forsaking others or forsaking yourself, it's others every time.
0: Yeah. It's got to be because that it has to shit be. fucked me up. It has to be others. I just, it it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth the pain that it caused me and the betrayal that I felt I was committing. and And by covering up, I made myself feel this big Mm
1: -hmm.
0: because I had no context in this world anymore. So I just ended up saying to them, because I knew I had to end the questions, I just said, you know, I'm in a transitional phase in my life right now and I'm between jobs and I don't exactly know where I'm going to be living. And that was my signal to them to stop asking me questions. Um, But... I can't do that again and I I just have to be honest with people about how I'm feeling and I need to, or what I'm experiencing, sorry, not how I'm feeling, but what I'm experiencing because I have to give people the opportunity to treat me appropriately right? and I need to give people the opportunity to act in a way, I need to give other people the control in their lives. To, to ne- respond, to respond exactly, exactly, and have their experience and be have their experience authentic. Of it. Because my experience with those people was inauthentic. Exactly, and it's actually not for me to It's none do of your that. business. It's yeah. none of your business. And what my therapist said to me was very interesting. Um, because that week I'd had a couple of other experiences, like going to the orthodontist, where I had to present a different kind of insurance which is for people who are in the situation that I'm in and then people look at me and my age and and everyone's just like they've been punched in the gut mm-hmm. you know they look at me and they just are heartbroken knowing knowing me or not knowing me and they don't know? know what to say and they don't know what to say and and I can't bear the pain that i my existence is causing people mm. And my therapist said to me, Annabelle, you are giving people the gift of feeling. Exactly. And it's not for you to say or do anything otherwise. People want to feel and they want to live. And you give them permission. Yeah. And I need to just... With your experience, your experience gives
1: them permission. And you mentioned this before with the statistic about grief and yeah. how it's millions of people, yeah. it's
0: a million people are grieving silently. Yeah.
1: And on that boat, you you know, if 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 it had gone differently and you will be ready to do it differently next time, you will. You have no idea who else is going through that mm. and and who you will help give, you know, you will give them permission to go. I'm going through the same thing. (gasps) Can we talk about it? Or whatever. It doesn't matter what the response is. but
0: Well, last week I went to this coffee place that I really like in Santa Barbara. And there's a woman there that used to work at the yacht club. And she was the woman who served us at our wedding. Okay, So she was now working at this other place. And I went in there one time. I didn't say anything to her. The second time I went in, I went alone. We started talking. And I was just like... I'm just, I can't do this whole thing again. This me in my head. My inner dialogue is like, I can't pretend again. And I want to protect this woman, but I need to protect myself right now, so I need to be honest. And she said, why, you know, what are you doing here, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, you know, actually, I'm here because I've been staying here because Ryan, you know, my husband, she knew very well, we spent a lot of time there, said, unfortunately, he was killed in a car accident. And she started crying and she said, you're breaking my heart. And she said, I lost my husband as well. There you go. She's a younger woman. You know, she's in her forties. She's too young to have lost her husband. And it was so powerful because I didn't need to explain anything to her. And she said to me, you know, when I was, in your position when it was early on like this, people would say to me, time is the doctor. Because she, she doesn't... English isn't her first language, so she says things very beautifully, actually, as a result of that. Mm. She said, time is the doctor. And I, and she said, I would think they were crazy. It would make me angry. I hated when people would say that to me. And, she, and then she held me on my arm, on my hand or something, and she looked at me and she said but it's true she said time is the doctor and she said i still miss my husband and i still love him and i still talk to him and she said when i think about him now she gripped her chest she said it it doesn't hurt anymore it's just i just feel joy and love and i live For him. And everything I do, I do to live like in glory for him. He wants you to be happy, she said to me. And oh God, here I go.
1: (laughs) You know, and obviously that was a
0: really nice moment, but it was. I was wild. I do, and and her reaction was so honest. She said, you're breaking my heart. And, And I know, I just, I know that that is what I'm doing to people right now, just with my existence. But I also have to just know that and trust that that's my path, that this is my journey, that maybe I am making people feel something for good reason. And it's not
1: my business what other people feel. Yeah. you. Every time you've said that, that your existence is breaking people's hearts, I'm having a problem with it, and I think I can put it into words. It's not your existence. It's you are reconnecting them to the river that we all flow in, mm-hmm. that we all are flowing in. Yeah. It's not your existence. It's the human existence. Human experience. The human experience. And you're right. That is none of your business. And what this comes down to is forsaking others or forsaking mm. yourself. And you, I'm glad you said this here and you're voicing it out loud because now you'll know. Mm. You got that lesson. Yeah, you're not going to make that mistake again. Right.
0: No. I can't. I really can't. It's too damaging, and it's it's not real.
1: I, no, it's not real. I'm not, you created that in your in your mind.
0: I just it's so easy when you're in this position to feel like a burden. Of course, it is, and that is a dangerous
1: road to walk down. It is, because then you think, well, I should just go away and disappear Mm -hmm. and it would be better if I weren't Mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. But that is not true. That's a lie.
0: And me honoring where I'm at in my life and having the courage to do that with strangers or with acquaintances is me preventing myself From going down the burden road where it's better if I just disappear. We've already established that I'm not going down that road. So when that came up, it was a confrontation for me of like, oh, so you're just going to disappear? You're going to disappear yourself and you're going to disappear Ryan? Right okay, it shouldn't feel
1: like a curse,
0: like darkness personified to
1: exist in a a moment. That was a signal to you, a very clear signal. It wasn't the pain.
0: Let me, because I don't think pain is the signal that something's wrong. Sometimes pain is the signal that something's right as well. But it was the dark feeling it gave me, which is the road. It's the burden road which is victim, and that's not me, so it's interesting having this conversation, I'm piecing that together, because I couldn't quite understand how, what that feeling I had was, which felt like speaking the words of a curse, which felt like darkness, which felt like rawness, and pain, and like venom, it was like a venomous experience to me, and I understand now through this conversation that we're having that it's because it was victimy, but like the burden thing, and that's me going down the okay, I'm just going to lay myself in the riverbed and end it all. <laughs> you know, it's mm-hmm. like no, we're not doing that. It's not allowed. No, it's just not the point of this. I don't believe that that's the point of this, and I don't believe that that. Does anything that creates more pain for other people, and I don't think that that gets me to them any faster. I will get to Ryan and Max when the time comes. There's no shortcut way to that. And I just have to have faith that that's going to be the process, and whether I'm 100 when I die, or whatever age I am.
1: So, Yeah.
0: Anyways, that was just like a weird fucking experience. That was
1: big because you're right, that was a first. That was the first social outing that you had had. With strangers. With strangers where you were in an unprotected setting where they weren't briefed about what, you, nope. what you're going through. Nobody knew anything. Like nope. They were just meeting you at face value. And so, yeah, that was a major experience you had. And I'm glad that you got that signal because now you know.
0: I've done it now as well. Like, I've, I've done it now. And I think that it prepared me to have the confidence to take the road trip, which ended up being such a positive experience. Which led
1: you to the laughter. Exactly. Which taught you a lot about your new self.
0: Yeah. And, and gave me, like, a lust for life, which I haven't felt
1: since they went. And you found your spirit animal in Carmel, the city you know and it
0: made me think like oh I think I'd like to go and spend some more time in Carmel and it's like oh I'm thinking about doing things in the future you know like even buying a new coat for the road trip felt very important because it was me planning on something ahead for a future me to go and have an experience and make a memory that was my memory And it wasn't based in Ryan and Max. Mm -hmm. And that was frightening, and I felt resistance towards doing it, but look at how rewarding it was. And now I feel stronger as a result of it. You know, it's... Good. Yeah, it's interesting. It's just been... You know, that newlywed shit. Wow. The engagement, that couple... (sighs) The whole, it's just been a lot of it, like, very confronting situations where I just could have gone really whack doodles but thankfully I didn't.
1: <laughs> Out loud, anyway.
0: Yeah. Inside, <laughs> Inside you had a total it was meltdown. a disaster. <laughs> a complete disaster. <laughs> but outside,
1: it was just, you know, smiles and
0: calm. Like a swan. <laughs> Just gliding well, gently.
1: S- speaking of newlyweds. Okay, where's this going? I, <laughs> I'm in the uh, you know, premarital bliss with my fiance, but we had a rather difficult week. Oh boy. And I would say that it's completely my fault. Okay. I've been doing this thing since we got engaged where I've really been resenting life as I knew it changing yep in, I can relate in, to that. <laughs> in a lot of ways, especially during quarantine, oh, yeah. when we are all stuck inside together. Mm-hmm. I'm sure people can relate to this. I'm very particular with how I spend my time. I like to wake up in the morning and stay silent for most of the day. I like to write in my journal and mm. meditate for an hour in the morning. Mm. I like to go on a walk alone mm. mm-hmm. and just listen to the wind through the trees yeah or listen to a podcast mm-hmm. I spend a lot of time reading we are so similar <laughs> <laughs> we're so similar it's crazy we are introverts and recluses I am an extroverted I am an extroverted introvert. You will be fooled by me because I'm very... I'm going to say... Something. I think I present... I can present, present, present as exactly. an extrovert, and I'm exactly. not. I'm, I'm not either. I could be alone forever. Oh, my God. To the point take that... Take me it, to a cabin in Carmel and just leave me there It worries me sometimes. <laughs> my, and then the nature of my work with acting and music must be done in mm-hmm. alone time. Mm-hmm. It It's reading and writing and thinking. Mm. That's what my work is. Yeah. (laughs) Reading and thinking. Yeah. And so Will is the opposite. He is an extrovert. He gets his energy from hooking into the people around him Mm. and talking and interacting and doing things together, which of course I love all that. I'm, I'm, I'm human and I, and I love, love Mm. and I, and I love this man. So I want all that also, but I'm a little different than that. I, I recharge by going inward and being yeah. silent. Yeah, I'm saying. And I've been told before that I'm like a whale in that way. I come up mm-hmm. for air and then I have to go back down into the depths. Mm-hmm. And I haven't been understanding how to have that in this relationship.
0: Yeah. Because
1: he he likes to talk in the morning and he likes to play his music around the house, of course. You know, mm. we're two people with a lot of things that we love. And so he wants to watch his football games and listen to his podcasts and talk about things and he's so smart. He's fascinating to talk mm. to. And so I'm always learning when I'm talking to him. But I I've been really struggling and and so what I've been doing is getting angrier and angrier at him for being in my way is what it has felt like Mm -hmm. and it got to the point where i i was completely withdrawing from him and i didn't know how to talk about it because my tendency when something's on my mind is to go away and forget that i'm supposed to tell you that something's wrong i'll just go away and internalize it and make it my problem and just cut cut off yeah. Cut off from you. Yeah. And I think that comes from the addiction in the family because that's how addicts function. Oh, right. Because it's the constant cutoff and the isolation. Okay. And the non-communication. Shame cycle. It is a shame cycle. And so it got to the point where he had to bring it up and say, look, what's going on? This is, you know, we're not in a good place. And it's exactly what you're describing where you were in that social setting and you felt like there were curses coming out of your mouth and it felt <laughs> yeah. it felt like venom. Dog, it was yeah. venomous yeah. because my ego was so fixed that I didn't even recognize the person that was speaking. I what? didn't I didn't know where these things were coming from that I was saying. And it was like the the real me was inside trapped and it didn't have a voice and she was like help help. I love you. I don't want to be saying these things. I want to, I want to, I want to melt. I want to soften up mm. here. And I want to tell you that, you know, that this is what I need, my fault and, and what yeah. I need, but I don't know yeah. how to say it. So I'm just going to let this hardened bitch take over. Mm. And I felt myself going back to these ways that I haven't been that way in a long time. And it was really sad and scary in the moment. Do you know who you sound like? Who?
0: Jay Shetty? My no, this sounds like <laughs> when Ryan and I first got together, we had a time that was like this. But you, Ryan was like you.
1: Yeah. And um, anyways. I, I think it's, do you think it's kind of common for new couples? I
0: think, yeah, To of like course. find the their first, stride together? The first year is the hardest
1: because... You're getting to know each other. You're
0: getting to know each other and you're living in a space together and you're learning each other's ways. And it's like, you're both trying to figure out how to get your needs met, right? but you're also wanting to like do the best thing by the other person. So like Ryan and I just ended up having all these horrible fights about things. And then we ended up just having this really like, um, like candid conversation of like, this is what I need. This is when I need it. You know, just little things can really help. Like, I plugged my AirPod AirPod things into the TV and I would watch my programs with the AirPods in, and then there's no sound coming out into the room. Mm -hmm. You know, or he needed alone and quiet time when he came back from work for an hour. And it was like the craziest thing I'd ever heard when he said to me, I don't want to be bothered for an hour. And I was like, fuck you. And then I was like, "That's not really a big deal, actually. It's fine if you want to decompress for an hour. you've been at work for twelve hours, right you know it's stuff like that you know and you just have to learn to accommodate one another and absolutely
1: not take it personally and he really and doesn't fuss he, he yeah absolutely he really doesn't take he he will Give me whatever I need. You just have to communicate Here's it. Here's what I learned. And not as an angry exactly. lady. I learned such a big lesson in that moment. And this fight lasted for like two hours. It was me standing on one side of the dining room table and him standing on the other side of the dining room table. And I finally had this massive cognition that, oh my God, I'm not asking you for what I need because in my life I have not had the courage to ask for what I need because I have always assumed that I wouldn't get it
0: well and you frequently haven't got it in the times when you have expressed what you need
1: I don't you don't get it
0: it. and that's nothing I'll teach you quicker as a child to uh stop shut down and stop communicating about what you need I'm the same way from my childhood as well everyone always says to me oh Annabelle you go inwards and I'm like yeah because when I've tried and
1: when I asked for what I needed it's like you shit on me exactly so no I'm not going to tell you anything right (laughs) those needs weren't met and yeah that's a very deep lesson that you get at an early age and I realized this while I'm standing at the dining room table with him and I said it out loud I said Will I need you to listen to me right now I'm I'm really, this is exciting what I'm coming to because this yeah. is going to save us right now. This is all my fault. Not my fault. No. But but, let, but this is why this is happening. Yeah. I am afraid that if I take the time for myself, mm. I will risk you leaving me
0: because mm. it won't be
1: okay with you. Yeah. And you'll leave. And you won't love me anymore. And you won't love me anymore. And I'm not going to risk that. So I'm not going to do what I need for myself. And then I'm blaming him. Yeah. Because he was so confused because I'm going, I want to write my journal in the morning. And he said, well, why don't you? And I said, I want to listen to my podcast. And he said, why don't you? I have never stopped you from doing those things. If I'm starving myself, which I've done most of my life. Yeah to make sure that I didn't rock the boat or that I didn't cause any kind of problem that would cause love to be taken away from me. You know, it creates that adult who is blaming the other person for their lack of strength Mm. to protect themselves.
0: This is all tied in together, though. This is all... It's not just a partner thing. It's a whole person thing this is tied into the ability to bathe in other people's joy and be happy for people if you're starving you do not have the energy for any of these things that are rewarding to you in your life and actually are the authentic person that you are because you're just coming from this place of like deprivation fear um you're hiding yeah, you're because hiding. you do not feel worthy and you feel that the real you will not be accepted and will not be loved. So she must be hidden. Every fucking zigzaggy thing we've talked about in this, it's all coming down to the same seed. It's all the same thing. Mm-hmm. The lesson is God, I'm literally just gonna slap myself on the face.
1: So good. It's just like self help central over here. So good. So good. I won. (laughs) Say it again.
0: (laughs) Authenticity. Even when it's uncomfortable. Be you, do you, live you, say you, feel you. Everything else will fall into place around you, how it's meant to if you're coming from that place.
1: And the other thing, Bathe in other people's joy. Feels. Bathe in other people's joy. Feels good. Let me tell you. Well, why do you get to call it a day? Why can't I call it a day? What if I want to end the podcast I, first? I said it first. Oh, yeah? I'm calling it a day. Okay, I'm calling it a day. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> I won. <laughs>